0: This is a sheer al Nikute Sicha is Tes zayin, the Sicha Yud Shvat. The content of the Yard Zai, of Yemistalkos, day of departure of a Tzaddik. When then, as it says in Tanya, all of his deeds, all of his Torah, all of his work, which he worked the entire days of his life. That's a direct quote from Tanya. So for us for us mainly, the, 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 um, <clears throat> on that day, the content of that day, what we need to be doing on that day is to be contemplating on the deeds, the Torah, and the service of Hashem, of the person who is having the Hilula. I having the yard side The word Hilula actually means celebration, like a wedding, a wedding celebration. In order to take the Hira, we need to be meditating, contemplating on the content of what this... Great person was doing during his lifetime in order to c- take a lesson for our daily behavior, and this lesson should be pertinent to all of those who go in his path. As the Rebbe quotes in the footnote number two, that if you look in the first of all footnote number one, the Rebbe says that in, the in says that when a, when a tzaddik passes away, that's the time when everything gets elevated. That's the sum total of everything is accomplished in life. And says the Rebbe that this is something that repeats itself every year on the yard site, like it happened on the day of passing. However, too, the Rebbe points out that this great light that's shining from the tzaddik on the day of his, Hilula, this um, is Mizgale or this shines down on Kol Talmidov, and all his students, Shanaso Evde Hashem, that became servers of Hashem through his Torah and through his teachings, it has an impact on them. So, since by every Yid, if we give the sum total of everything he's done his entire life, there's a lot of things, how much more so by a leader and nasi of Israel? So, therefore, it's not always so clear what is the Nikuda. What's the actual point, the the focal and central point of the aveda of the particular person who are whom whom you are remembering and trying to take a lesson from. In our case, however, when we're talking about the yard site of Chak Meri Chami Admor, The Rebbe says, "My father-in-law, the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe." So we have the clear teaching. We have the Torah. Torah means teaching, the instruction from the Baalulul. He gave a Torah. He taught Torah, and this is the teaching and instruction directly from him about what. The main focus has to be regard to his lifetime. Because the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, left the Mimer, Bossi Legani. He gave it, he wrote it in advance, and it was to be given out on the day of his passing. The date of the Bossi Legani Mimer is the Shabbos, Yud Shvat, the actual day that the Preteber passed away. So from this Torah, from this teaching, we understand that that should be the main contemplation of the day of the Hillelah, It's a maimah written with that date. And that's where we have to take the lesson for serving Hashem in an actual way in relationship to this yard site, base. At the end of this maimah, it's a maimah which in its first part has 20 chapters. It's a maimer of 20 chapters. At the end of the maimer, the Rebbe speaks about the great importance of Zrizus. Zrizus translates as alacrity, doing things quickly, swiftly. Not procrastinating when it comes to serving Hashem in fulfillment of Taylor mitzvahs. So there's a saying from the Gemara: "Mi hu Who knows his time?" I'm not sure if that saying is from the Gemara. It has it here in quotation marks. But it doesn't have a, a number for a source. Who knows? The Maimon says it: "Mi hu Who knows his time?" In other words, as the Mender says. A person doesn't have the control over his lifespan to say, Hey, hang on, don't come and take me yet. Uh, when it's time to go, wait till I make my accounting. Till I give instructions to my household. Says the Fritik Erev, a person doesn't have that luxury. He never knows when the time is. So from this, what's brought out is, that you have to do things swiftly without procrastinating, do things with immediacy, alacrity. So this is telling us that the concept of zrizus in serving Hashem is not just a detail in the Aveder. In other words, you could do the Aveder, you could do it swiftly, you could do it, uh, you know, with, 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 in an energized, non-procrastinating way. No. There's another Chazal which emphasizes that the whole thing may be hinged on this. In other words, there's a Chazal that says, Ein es ha- mitzvus, don't make the Mitzvahs into Chomets. That's based on the fact and we're about to say that the Rebbe's going to say, uh, and sorry, as you would say, that what Chazal tells us, don't make the mitzvah chomets, it's tell you do the mitzvah. If you want to upgrade your mitzvah, make sure not to do it in a delayed fashion. Says the Rebbe, that's, that's not, we're going to reinterpret this Chazal in a second. <clears throat> Says the Rebbe, it's not like it's simply from this adage of our sages don't delay don't make the mitzvahs get, uh, get, get chametz by being delayed well it sounds like it's a detail in the mitzvah. So as the Rebbe here it's telling us that this is a central focal point on the whole mitzvah. you can lose the whole point if you don't do it right away because what the Rebbe is telling us here is a person doesn't have the control over his lifetime over his departure from life to say hang on so at every moment in one hundred of his 120 years this may be the last moment so you may miss out totally if you don't do it. It's not just, oh, well, if I don't do it now, I'll do it a little less upgraded later. How does one know he'll be able to do it later? This may be critical to the whole thing. And more, it's actually in the words of our sages we brought before, esam. Esam mitzvahs, don't make the mitzvahs chomets. You actually see this very clearly once that ever gives us this insight. It says... Chazal tell us, don't make the mitzvahs like chometz. How does chometz become? Chometz becomes if you leave uh, yeast fermenting, right? So it becomes more than 18 minutes, it becomes leavened, it becomes chometz. Says Chazal, if a mitzvah comes to your hands, to your opportunity, do it immediately says that when you delay the mitzvah, so instead of having shmartem esam matzo, it says guard the matzo, not to become chametz. And we say this to mean asam mitzvahs, guard the mitzvahs. It could, like in the case of matzah, if you don't guard it, it could become chametz. Chametz is not just a less superior matzah; It's the opposite of matzah. And what can happen is if you don't guard the mitzvahs, if you don't do the mitzvah immediately, what can happen is, hey, pecha mitzvah, it can become the opposite of the mitzvah. Seven, the Rebbe, uh, Rebbe emphasizes, Chazal tell us, in the same way you shouldn't let a matzah become chametz, don't let a mitzvah become chametz. A mitzvah become a chametz means you lost all thing. So this tells us that the, the issue of doing things immediately is very important. What should you do immediately? Oh, what should you do immediately? What it says in the beginning of the Ma'amah. The beginning of the says, what do you have to, what is, a, a purpose, what is the purpose of our life here? And therefore, that's what we should be doing with zrizos is Hashem desired to have a dwelling place for Himself in the lower worlds, making a dwelling place for Hashem. Gimel. So now, even though everything that a Yid does in fulfillment of the Torah mitzvahs, and similarly, even the things he does of his own own, own activities, called Maasech, all his deeds, they should be for the sake of Heaven. Furthermore, everything in all your ways, you should know Him. In other words, even the mundane things we do are part of our service of Hashem. And they constitute a, a, a tile in, or a, a step in the mission of making a dwelling place for Hashem. And that's what Hashem desires. However, it's understood that this teaching, that Nisav HaKadosh Baruch that mm-hmm. Hashem wanted and desired to have a dwelling place in the lower worlds, in the way that we have to take a lesson from the Yard side, the Yom it's not just a general instruction about generally serving Hashem. There is a specific a specific teaching here. What kind of thing should the main Aveda of a person be in our times? And this is fitting with the fact that the deeds, the tairah and the Aveda of the Bala Ayilula are ever most prevalent in our minds on this day. That's that's the focus of this day. So let's see what his life was. So we'll understand it first. Understanding. Let's look at the at the at the words that ever brings. Nisava Akari Hashem desire to have a Dira a dwelling place in the lower world. So there's three things. First of all, there's Loi It's he. It's a dwelling place for him, for loy, for him. Dira a dwelling place. Batahtainim in the lower world. So who who is it a, a, who is this a dwelling place for? For him. Where? What is it for him? A dwelling place. Where? In the lower world. So let's go through these one by one, says there. for him the dwelling place we're talking about is for Hashem's essence not just to the levels of revelation of Hashem but to his essence 2 we're talking about making a dwelling a dwelling means not where he is temporarily Place a dwelling is where a place where a person is in a kviyozdika way in a, in a permanent way and as Rebbe points out in number 15 there's two details to this first of all his, his entire essence is there and his essence is there he's there in a revealed way he feels at home there that's where he doesn't have to put on any any show and where is this taking place that's taking place in the lower worlds this dwelling place for hashem's essence is dafka in the lower worlds not in the higher worlds so these three things really in actuality are dependent and hinged one on the other when we're talking about the revelation levels of revealed prevalence of hashem even the highest revelations since the actuality the of those levels is not from the essence of Hashem especially we know that when it comes to Hashem a revelation is only voluntary in other words, when the sun we talk about rays of light coming from the sun, that's a physical phenomenon when you have a luminary like a sun light comes forth from it it's not a choice the sun makes to shine the moment it's a shining body, light emanates from it with Hashem, even the first level of revelation from Hashem's essence is by choice. Hashem's not forced into anything. So any kind of revelation is not him. It's something he projects, so to speak. So now we want to make you wanna make a deer for Hashem. It has to be in a, at a to a level of something that's essential and existential, something that it's not coming from a luminary, but it is Hashem's essence. And since there is some kind of a description, some kind of a haggdorah, a, 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 some kind of a definition to the entity of that revelation as high as the revealed light may be of Hashem, so we understand that the place for that to be expressed is only where there's some form of expressive vehicle for that gilly, for that revelation. Tachtain the lower worlds, they are not at all a vehicle. They don't lend themselves to be in an expression of uh, um, giving out the revelation of Hashem. So the higher levels of Hashem can't be revealed there. In other words, those high levels that come emanate from Hashem and the highest first forms of emanation from Hashem, this world can't be an expression of that. This world is too coarse. However, so how can the world be a dwelling place for Hashem's essence? Ah, when we talk about the essence of Hashem, that there it's higher than the whole classification of concealed and revealed. It's higher than change. We're talking about a level that's called His existence is from His essence. He is the source of all. He is all, the source of all. So we talk about Him being drawn down, so to speak however, in whatever language does it brackets, we talk about drawing down of Hashem's essence. This whole thing is, is, is a very, very uh, difficult topic to put into words. So when we talk about bringing that into a dira, bringing Hashem's essence into a place where he can be, so to speak, housed, permanently find himself, it can't be in a place where, how can it be in a place where there's no expression for that? It's, that's the point. In Tachterim, the lower worlds, which don't even endeavor, they don't even try, they don't even ex- uh, 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 um, ex- uh, excuse themselves for not being able to reveal this kind of light, they're just totally in a different realm. They are not at all a keili, they're not a, a, a vehicle to be able to be expressive of Hashem's essence. Oh, there where there is no room to have any, uh, uh, to have any revelation, that's where you can house, so to speak, a dirah, a home for Hashem. In other words, where there would be an attempt to try and express the revelation that's being drawn down, that already creates a handicap and a barrier because you can't define, you can't put any revelation to the essence of Hashem. In a place which doesn't even attempt or give a, 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 a facade of being trying to be a vehicle to be able to express, that's where Hashem, who's higher than concealment or revelation, can actually house Himself. There's nothing disturbing it. That's where He is. Very, very deep stuff. I'm just trying to explain it according to the limitations of my understanding of my words. Daled. According to this, now let's let's translate this to the what a person has to do. So a person has to be making a dwelling place for Hashem, His essence of Hashem, in the lower worlds it also has to be done in a way that you can make a how do you make a house for Hashem of that nature, higher than revelation in the lower worlds so one, it has to be Aveda which is for him it's something that he wants it's being done only for him you see at every level when we talk about doing something for ourselves the lowest level is you're doing it in order to get a reward the higher level is you're doing it in order for you to be connected to Hashem to Godliness so that's a, it's, it's not like doing it for a, for a monetary prize, but it is doing it for some kind of a spiritual reward. You want to be connected to Hashem. Even if you're one notch higher, that the person who's doing it just wants to be a part of Hashem's plan. That's also somewhat, I want to be part of this plan. The highest level is, and this is what we should be aiming for, it's a very high level, that you're doing it only so Hashem's plan should be fulfilled not that I should be the one fulfilling it, certainly not that I should be getting Gan Eden or something, or certainly not that I should be getting a monetary or a covet or honor. I just, I'm so connected to Hashem, I want His plan to be fulfilled. That's what my whole goal in life is. So that's just for Him. The next thing is, it has to be a dwelling place. It has to be, a dwelling place, because it has to be, in a way of kviyos, it's a permanent thing. In other words, it's not a kind of thing where I'm, sometimes up, sometimes down. Anything you do with that's hinge on inspiration, sometimes we're inspired, sometimes not. We have to be doing it in a way where the person is always at the, with the same strength, with the same uh, a, a const, a constancy in his work. So that's another element we have to look to be doing. And it has to be done in takhtenim in the lowest worlds. It has to be mainly in lowly things, both when it comes to Torah, there's the upper aspects of Torah, the lower aspects of Torah, which we'll explain. Also with regard to mitzvahs, and also with regards to kinds of Jews, as we're going to explain. And these three things really are dependent and interacting one and the other. When a person is serving Hashem because of his own feeling, his own reality, even if it's the highest level, because he's doing it in order to connect himself to Hashem, or even, as we said, he's doing it so Hashem's work should be fulfilled but he is feeling proud that he's the one who's carrying out the work of Hashem, then the, the work can be done with varying levels and changes, depending on how much he feels inspired and loving and connected to Hashem at that moment. It's not a constancy. It's not what we're looking for a Dira, a dwelling place where it's a constant. That's where he always is, unchanging. There's also a difference. You're going to feel differently whether you're, if, are you dealing with high level things or you're dealing with low level things you're going to be more excited to be dealing with obviously high level stuff if it's low level stuff and even if he wants it there's going to be a decrease in your body language in your energy in the, in, in the constancy of your commitment of your inspiration Tafka when the Aveda is what he wants Hashem wants so Hashem's will should be fulfilled without any thought to what, what's in it for me then everything can be done, and everything will feed into the wholesome completion and fulfillment of Hashem's Karbona. And everything's gonna be everything's gonna be equal. And he's gonna be able to do things with a constancy. He's not thinking about himself. Every, at all times, it's just I wanna be the conduit, I wanna be the vehicle through which Hashem's intention is fulfilled. What do I care what I'm doing? I'm gonna do it in lowly things. I don't care. I'm going to do it always with the same passion because I'm doing his thing. It's a high level. How do we translate this into, into behavior? Hey, the hogger to move this into behavior in all these three things, we see by the Bala but but the previous Rebbe, that this was his behavior. As we know, we said so many times that the avoid um, the service of the Bala lula, in spreading forth Torah and strengthening Yiddishkeit, was with one continuum of Messiah Snefesh, of self sacrifice. As the Baalai Lula, the previous of said in the end of the Mimer. he calls it higher than reason and, 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 and understanding. This Aveda of self sacrifice, shows that he's doing it not for any physical, uh, not physical, the Rabbi doesn't even have to <laughs> forewarn that. He's not doing it for any spiritual reward or similar things. He's not doing it for the, full, for the full completion of his spiritual reality. Or not even to cleave to Hashem. The one thing on the Rebbe's mind is to do for him. What is Hashem's wish? What's Hashem's intention? And his whole is his whole entity is not here at all. And we see, especially the way we see May ain from the mafan, something of this concept, um, especially we should try and adopt, may ain something similar to what we saw in a in a in a in an obvious way by the Bala lula by the previous Rabbi, The Rabbi quotes the word, Shehishlich Khayov Minegad. That he threw his his life without concern into the fray, into Mineged. Into, uh, I'm not sure how that translates. But the concept is, he, he, with, with disregard to his life, but to get the mission done. Literally, to spread data and to be mechazik Yadus. And the Rebbe says here in Thirty, this is even higher than Messias Nefesh in the conventional sense. Messias Nefesh in the conventional sense, for Kiddush Hashem, is the person's coming to the pinnacle of his fulfillment. As Rebbe says, look into the difference between the Messiah Akiva, who says, I'm waiting, when can I fulfill Nafshecha? Even giving up life. When the Romans came and forced him into the choice between giving up his life or continuing with Torah, he gave up his life. And he says, This is the fulfillment of my. Of Kiddush Hashem is the epitome, the fulfillment of Yid's connection to Hashem. But there's something higher, that's the Messiah Snevesh where. All I want to do is what Hashem wants. If it needs M'shosh Nefesh, okay, it'll, take, it'll be M'shosh Nefesh. And the Rebbe is telling us that the Freedek Rebbe lived his life where the only thing that interested him is, Lo Yisbarach, what does Hashem want? He does it. Whatever it requires. That's a, that's with a, a constancy of that behavior. And this same strength and way of M'shosh Nefesh was by him the entire time, on the entire timeline of his nisius of his leadership of Kladisov. And it expressed itself in all ways the Messiah nefesh as spoken, that there was big differences in the three, ta- in the three kufas, in the three times, of ten years. There were three ten year cycles, three ten year uh, um, epochs, three ten year uh, time periods in the previous rebbe's nesius, and they were very different. Different kinds of avodah. There were ten years in Russia that required one avodah. Ten years in Poland amongst other, all the other Hasidic groups that required another kind of Messias Nefesh. There were 10 years in America, and the Rebbe had the same continuum of unwavering Messias Nefesh with strength in all three cases, which shows it's not, remember we said before, if you're not full Messias Nefesh, if you're not fully dedicated to him, to Hashem, then you have different interests, and you have different levels of inspiration for different kinds of work, of his work, of Hashem's work, but still, so more, the says the Rebbe, beyond the fact that the Etzem, Aved the Messias Nefesh, is not something that's temporary. It's something that takes the person in a constant way because it's coming from the essence of the neshamah, which is higher than any changes. But in this instance, it expressed itself in, in an open way of how he lived his life and sacrificed that in all different varying kinds of avaydas, const- the constancy was his attitude of Messer Nafish. Higher than any changes. And even though the work of Torah, strengthening Torah, and spreading Torah, and spreading spreading Yiddish the Even, and also, spreading the particular wellsprings of Hasidus, was in all ways, so he had it on many different levels, high level, level, but we see that there was a special emphasis he placed on three things, we're going to say. First of all, to make classes, and shiurim lessons, and to teach Practical halacha, halacha l'mayset, for that bonus, for rabbinic leadership, in order to establish rabbinic leadership, those that can be meyda, heilara, bepel, people that can teach halacha in actuality, can paskan halacha, can say how a person has to, how you know, to send rabbis who can actually an halacha to various kehilas and settlements, communities and settlements of the Jewish community. Number two, to spread the concept of mitzvahs myces of practical mitzvahs between every kind of Jew and in, in actuality and the Rebbe did that through sending emissaries to build, build mikvahs and through sending moyhalim to circumcise children even in those difficult times in Russia where there wasn't that available well, it was against the against the against what, what yeah three the Rebbe also made a big emphasis in teaching Altars, Akedesh, teaching in a pure way the students in the house of their teacher. In other words, children. By establishing chadorim, places with haters, places where children will learn terah, sending teachers. All these three things are, in a sense, tachtoinim. They are the lower aspect of terah mitzvahs. Again, we're trying to make a dwelling place for Hashem. And where does dwelling place get really expressed? We're talking now. We said, first of all, lawyer, it's for him. So it's Messiah only doing it for Hashem. It's a dirah, it's with a constancy. That's what is Nefesh brings out in the free to give his life is about the constancy of his energy and down below here why are those three things the explanation is like this when we talk about learning Torah there are a few, few ways a few aspects of learning Torah first of all there's learning Torah the way it is way Hashem learns Torah there's a concept called the yeshiva of Hashem and the yeshiva in heaven and then there's the way we learn Torah down below in a physical way physical concept material concept And there's also many levels the way we learn Torah down below. First of all, the way we learn Torah is just unrelated to practicality. It's called Expound on the Torah and get rewards. Talk about Torah and make it beautify it even if it's not actually related to what you're going to do. Many, many, many tractates of the Talmud and aspects of the Torah speak about things that are not practically applicable to us today. And then we have contrasted with that, the kind of learning that's to be able to learn the teaching, to come to a conclusion in the teaching, which is according to law, to take to learn things that are not abstract, but actually translate into the way we have to behave ourselves. When we talk about these different aspects of learning Torah, there's the upper aspects of learning Torah, the lower form of learning Torah. In other words, it deals with the lower, more practical, mundane, pragmatic aspects. Um, so the higher levels, el the more f- f- flying high kind of Torah is the one that's just for expounding, just for the beautifying the Torah, just for intellectual, godly intellectual uh, pursuit. Whereas when we come, um, so sometimes, so when a person is learning Torah in that flying high level, mainly. It's his, he's getting pleasure and excitement and delight in the studying and the understanding of Torah. When a person learns the pragmatic aspects of how to apply the Torah into daily life, what's mainly on the person's mind is not so much the back and forth and the beautiful intellectual discussion, but actually, okay, so how is this going to translate into my actual life? That's the that talks to Torah the way it is in its, in its more mundane form. Similarly, when it comes to doing mitzvahs, the mitzvahs mysias, Besides the fact that when we talk, compared to learning Torah, action of mitzvahs is considered a lower a lower realm. There's also the way Torah is expressed in mitzvahs. So for example, we have mitzvahs, which you can't do today, like bringing up a sacrifice. So if you study Torah, anybody who occupies himself in the Torah teaching of bringing an Ola sacrifice, as if you brought up an Ola. But we understand that even though it, that's the best we can do because there's mitzvahs we can't do and the only way to really do them is to do them in a virtual way as if we did them and then, but still, it's only virtual, it's not takhtoyim. Similarly, there's the intention of the mitzvahs that we actually do practically. However, when the time of the Mesa Mikdash was here, if a, a, a Jew didn't have to know the laws of carbon, Today we have to learn about the carbon in order to be as if we're bringing it and, we, and, and to understand the, the reason behind it the time of the Beis HaMikdash was done in a physical way, the kohen would fulfill on behalf of the Jew. The Jew didn't have to know all the halachas. And when the Jew brings, the Yisrael brings the carbon and the kohen brings it, he's done the mitzvah. So that's takhtoinim. That doesn't engage, that doesn't involve the higher levels. In more detail, in general, fulfillment of mitzvahs in practical action, ma'isa, is takhtoinim, is lower realm compared to the speech of mitzvah, which is higher level, and how much more so from the intentionality that a person has in his mind and heart about the mitzvah, which is higher level. Similarly, so we're talking about takhtenim in mitzvahs is about learning Torah for the pragmatic application and actual mitzvahs doing. Similarly, in the kinds of Jews that we engage in, there's learning Torah with kids, especially when they're about, they're just beginning, olive base. And there's lower level Talmudim, beginner students, that would be Tachtedim. So now well, let's go and look at the life of the You see, he was he occupied himself in all three aspects of Tachtedim. And all of that is because his whole intention is, what's for Hashem's intention? Why, why when somebody's focusing on doing Hashem's intention, will he be focused on the Tachtedim, on all these... Aspects of lower realm. Because when a person is some kind of an entity for himself, so then he's going to have more enjoyment, and where he's going to express itself is in the higher levels of Torah, in the of Torah, in his seichel, where you see, wow, the beauty of the godly light of Torah. And so, which kind of students would he want? He'd want students that can have the capacity to understand the beauty and depth that he's sharing and giving and, and, and in a give-and-take environment. Right, especially if we can teach them the secrets of the Torah, because um, because uh, <speaking in Hebrew> and then when you, when you learn this level of Torah, you see how comes down into the world. That's high level learning. That's, I would say, heady, you know, intoxicating. However, when you learn pragmatic to the way it translates itself into Jewish law, and when you learn Aleph plays with kids, so in that, a person who's high level wouldn't have a, a, an excitement. You don't see the wealth and the beauty of the revelation of Hashem in those lower mundane things. Similarly, when it comes to actually performing a mitzvah, you know, there's the intentionality in the mitzvah. Somebody who's high level, you would say he'd have his main excitement about the, 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 the kavana about the mindfulness of what the mitzvah means and its connection to Hashem, not so much in the actual deeds of the mitzvah, in simply fulfilling the wish of Hashem. In Tavka, particularly, when his Aveda is for what does Hashem want, that Hashem's intention should be fulfilled, not about me, I don't care about me, then his Aveda will be mainly to get Hashem's ful- intention fulfilled, which is to have Hashem's presence in the lower worlds. And that's what fulfills the nis'aveh. The desire of Hashem is to have a dwelling place here in Tachtonim. And that's what he'll do, because the only thing he cares about is fulfilling Hashem's will. Ches. Says the Rebbe, today we have to translate everything into simple, practical words. From all these teachings, there are two things, says the Rebbe, which in our times have become a weakness. The first thing is learning practical aloha we see that with the help of Hashem, the limodat tereh in general has become more and more, both bekamos, quantity, and quality, but the learning, particularly with a bent of applying it to halacha, that from the learning should come out rabonim, that rabbis, not just rabbis, not, he's not talking about rabbis that can just give a good speech, was can a paskin and that can decide a question, a halachic question, in, Alef, Erich, Elke, Shurnach, in all four portions of the code of Jewish law, especially in and the practical daily things of life? So, from generation to generation, from year to year, and from month to month, it's becoming less and less. The fact that perhaps people don't know the laws of that govern financial transactions, which is chayshon mishpat, that section of the code of Jewish law. So, because of the way our country works, I was speaking in America, you have to hope that even without knowing the, the, the Jewish laws that govern monetary um, interaction, because basically Western law has a lot of, the civil law has a lot of practical things, and if you're following civil law, you have to hope that nobody will really come to any big mistakes there. When it comes to Evan Ezra, to the laws of marriage, or you're the laws of, what's prohibited, what's permissible to eat, and so on. How much more so when it comes to how a Jew has to live his daily life, for example, um, the, the daily things, Shabbos and, and, and every day. So there's almost nobody to ask by, and those are, those are things that, that are needed on a constant basis. They're not governed by civil life, not at all. It's not like there's laws we would, we would know growing up just from civil society. And when you come to somebody who's really involved in limit He's already learning Torah all the time. So you ask him a halacha, practical. How do you do something practical? So he says, mm, now I'm involved in learning uh, flowery and, 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 uh, and, and the beauty of the Torah, the, 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 you know, the higher level Torah. And there's more light and more awareness coming to my mind. But when it comes to saying a halacha about when to make a bracha, how to make a bracha, or about davening, or about the laws of Shema, these as I haven't learned them. Then there's another problem. Because when it comes to um, the, the halachas of a daily, practical life, besides the fact there aren't enough rabbonim, practical halakhic deciders that can help with this, they should be able to pass in the law, there's even another danger, and that is that somebody's going to think he can be a pisik, he can be a halakhic decider for himself. You see, if there's somebody who's a balabas, a seikha, somebody who's a, a homeowner, literally, a uh, businessman, it's not a Rav. If he's God-fearing, he's not going to convince himself that he's able to decide a question of Jewish divorce, for example, or a question about whether something is kosher. He understands that when he has a question of these things, that's a, that's a specialty halacha, that you have to have somebody, a Rav, a rabbi, who's an actual halachic decider. By the way, I just want to throw in here one of the criteria for being a halachic decider is he had to have had also, um, it's called shimush. He has to have had an apprenticeship, literally, by a rabbi who has many years of experience in applying halacha to actual life. It's not just a degree; it's an apprenticeship as well. So, but when it so when it comes to matters of of, of halachic items about marriage or divorce or uh, laws of kosher and stuff like that, that he knows he's gonna have, he's gonna go to a rabbi who has a degree and who has practical application. He's, 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 he's ordained and apprenticed to do it. But when it comes to daily life, so he may convince himself, a person may convince themselves, I could also be a pesach. I could also be a Allah decider. You're going to take a look in the concise code of Jewish law, the abridged code of Jewish law, the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch, in Hebrew, or perhaps if the person does know Hebrew, he'll open the English translation or the French translation. And he'll say, oh, I can derive from the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch, from the abridged Jewish law, that this is the halacha. We know even when the base Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo, wrote the Shulchan there's Aruch, there's a whole discussion whether you can really pass and whether you can decide a halacha because the Shulchan Aruch doesn't give the reasons. And in order to, to say a halacha, especially to apply one case to the other, you need to know, okay, if the law is like this, why is it? And does this apply to the case I'm trying to compare it to? So you can understand that when you're going out to the concise and abridged Shulchan Aruch, translated, a person then tries to compare items to items, Come, God forbid, a person should, uh, what can come out, what kind of a not good thinking come out if everybody has the power and thinks he can make uh, comparisons and deductions based on the Kitzel Shulchan Aruch and the abridged Code of law? So what we have to take to heart, we know that Shleim HaMelech tells us that the ones who are living have to take to heart the message that is left by those who are, are moved on. What's the service of the Balai, Ha'ilul of the previous Rebbe? He wanted and gave up his life. He put his life in danger for this. To have, to establish what today is called houses of study for those who are going to actually become Rabbis who decide halacha. So we can take the teaching from his life that all those that are fitting for this, and even if there's a doubt whether they're fitting or not, and like now, if, if even if there's a doubt, so we have a law. When it's a, when it's a critical situation, sometimes when there's a doubt, you go lenient. Sometimes when there's a doubt, you go stringent. Says so Reb, in our case, go stringent. If there's even a doubt, maybe... This person is able to join the ranks of those who can decide halacha after enough training and so on. The person is not sure, am I able, am I not able? Go for the stringent side. Try it. Go for it. People should learn in a way of applying halacha to applying their learning to halacha. And definitely the khus, the merit of the community will be a help and assistance to them. Especially, this is not just relevant to a community in one to, to, to a, a, a community in one particular city, but the way things stand now says that ever this is relevant. They were saying this in 1976. This is relevant to hundreds of communities in the United States of America and in other countries, which are left bereft, simply speaking, without halachic deciders, rabbanim, and Meirahira, people that can teach. A lesson in the Shulchan Aruch, how it should be applied to daily life. Similarly, there are hundreds of settlements in the Holy Land of Israel, which is called the land that the eyes of God are upon it. May from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And there's hundreds of settlements in that Holy Land that don't have Rabbonim, don't have rabbis. Again, I emphasize, not rabbis who can say a speech, but the Rabbis who can teach halacha and decide halacha. That requires training, critical training. So they'll definitely have because there's such a need. Those that go, endeavor into this field will definitely have this the, the help of Hashem, which a person needs. And how do you, how does how does a rav who's deciding halacha be able to know what Hashem wants? There's a seyata Dishmaya. There's a special help from heaven. Avaya imei that they should be able to get the halacha right. And through that, through deciding halacha and through uh, saying how a person should conduct himself based on Hashem's teachings, we become partners with Hashem in this world. Right? By upholding halacha in this world, we become partners in Hashem's world, fulfilling the mitzvahs here in this world. Tess. The second point, so one point is about focus on practical halacha. Second point is, and this has special relevance to our time, remember the I was saying this in 1976, the way we educate children. Because of the laws of the country in this country that I was talking in America and similar countries Western countries bec- there has become a matzav mavil a very shocking and troubling situation it's become the the, the default that by a child not, not only a 5 year old who's learning Chumash even when he's older and he's become a 10 year old who's as capability of learning Mishnah, or a thirteen-year-old who's obligated to fulfill all the mitzvahs, or a fifteen-year-old, upon all this is taken from the ethics of our fathers. office. a fifteen-year-old who can already have the capacity and should be studying Gemara, Talmud. The situation is that there's not one day of this of the school year that goes by without learning secular limudei chayel, secular topics. Chel doesn't mean bad topics. Chel secular, that's holy, which is today, and chel mundane. And here we also need to take this teaching from the Baal Ha'ilullah. The previous Rebbe gave up his life literally, put his life in danger, and he sent hundreds of other people to give up their lives. To do what? To establish schools. Chadorim. <laughs> literally means a means a room where they study Torah. It's a kind of place where they study Torah, just Torah. And the limut should be Altar Sarkedish in a pure way. A pure holy way and not to change any of the methods, any of the paths of education as as Jews taught them throughout the generations, to keep that purity of our tradition of Torah. How much more so in our times and in our kinds of countries, in America and other similar countries, where there's no danger physically. So we have to have the greatest effort that the education of Jewish children should be according to the pure holy way not mixing any mundane studies in there nor when their lost it can only and unless the civil law doesn't allow any any possibility for not learning those topics when not in their commas and even then only in the quantity that's absolutely mandated by local governance youd even these that can't withstand that test of faith. However, it's clear, okay, even if we're talking about those that, for whatever reason, feel that they cannot totally withdraw from mixing in limudechel secular studies, Mm -hmm. but it's understood that there's many ways of doing this. There's many ways where a person can fulfill the obligation with just a detail or just doing a small amount of substance, a small small amount of limud of secular, not holy studies. There's no imperative that the majority of the day and the most quality of the day should be, like in many schools, many even religious schools have, that there should be the majority and the most emphasis on secular studies. Which is the case today with even God-fearing people that are running schools. We have to, therefore, says that we have to change the trend. We have to arouse and encourage that these people running schools should have make an emphasis, not so be so scrupulous on trying to fulfill the requirements of the civil government, but to be extra scrupulous to fulfilling the requirements of Hashem. And for that, we already have a governance, we already have a commitment. Hashem made us, we already committed with, with an oath from the mountain of Sinai. Before there was ever any local government uh, uh, laws. Takah says that we have a law, the law of the land is lost. So we have to follow the local civil laws. However, besides for the fact that when it comes to matters of Yiddishkeit, so Jews have no deozor, nobody can say an opinion about how Yid should act if it comes to Yiddishkeit, he has to first do Yiddishkeit, even if it stands contrary to civil laws. But even in, uh, uh, is a even such a person, who can't live up to this challenge of only learning holy studies. Why is it such a challenge? We all understand it's a challenge because the person thinks, how is my child going to make a living and so on and so forth. So it's a challenge to the faith, we believe Hashem provides a living. Okay, so let's say, says that somebody can't withstand that, that trial. He's going to be teaching, uh, introducing secular studies to his child. But do it only in the context of what is absolutely required from the government. And there has to be an emphasis and, and, and an ishtadlus. We have to try very hard that most of the time, the students, both the male students and the female students, and certainly more attention has to be given to the HaKodesh, to holy studies. And only what's absolutely imperative based on laws, based on local governance, should be spent on secular subjects. This is in addition to the fact that learning of secular subjects shouldn't be at the beginning of the day when the person is most fresh. We have the concept that just like we separate challah from the first of our doz, the first of our day, When a person is freshest, must be to things of holiness, to Hashem. It's absolutely not against the civil law that the beginning of the day, the first of your does, should be raise a givering to Hashem. In other words, you give when the child is, is freshest and most alert... You learn Torah of Hashem. Give that those hours to Hashem, and only after that, when the child is already a little bit more tired, and you have no choice because you're living in a in, a, in a, the law of the land, you have to follow. Then you give a smaller time. And the Rebbe says, the most absolutely most contracted amount of time to the to secular subjects." And since the Rebbe is saying something that uh, even at the time 976, was was very hard for a lot of people to stomach and to, and to, and to bring into themselves, and that's why the Rebbe is, 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 is talking about it. Since, Rebbe says, there's a Chazal, Hashem says, Hashem says, I don't request from my people, only, I only request of them what's according to their ability. So it's a definite thing that with just even a small attempt and effort, and with a little bit of attention, if you just give the right attention to it, you can immediately decrease the time that Jewish children are spent are spending on secular subject and find a way to give a lot more time, shalib'alah, an inordinately more amount of time, both in, in 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 quantity of time and in the quality of the education to the to holy studies, the studies of Torah It just has to be a firm resolution, a firm decision that a person understands that it's imperative. Because the, the Rebbe says the, the Hashem says this in the laws of learning your Torah. A Jew has to be learning Torah all the time, except when he's absolutely not able to. And then, when a person knows that this is the law, and this is my decision to follow the halacha, then he'll have the power to implement it. The same thing we saw by the Baal Ha'ilola, by the, the, the yard the previous Rebbe, that notwithstanding the fact that in his lifetime, when he was, in, in his days, when he was standing up against the situations he stood up against with South Africa, the Russian, the communist government, and so on, he didn't see any, um, any, any way out. He didn't see any solution in in the ways of nature that, the, that that he'd be successful. It was going against the wall, but now we see the fruits from his efforts. We see them now physically. If you go out into the streets, as it ever in the big cities in the United States of America, or some other places, and you meet grandchildren that come from parents and grandparents that the 20 or 40 years ago were in that country that country referring to Russia and you see that the grandchild is conducting himself in a way of Taylor mitzvahs and you ask how? how did they survive the communist oppression and indoctrination and how do we have kids today that are descendants of those people that were part of that, lived in that communist influence and still came out keeping Taylor mitzvahs and if you really do your investigation, you'll find out that their father or their teacher or their Zeid their grandfather had a connection or an interaction with one of the emissaries of the previous Seleba who aroused the person, their teacher, their grandfather or their father, aroused them about matters of Yiddish kind of Judaism, and learned with them or hid together with them in the attic or in the cellar in order to teach them. They were learning clandestinely. They had to learn in attics and cellars. And that's why he kept his Yiddish guy. That's why it remained by the grandfather and the father. And that's why you see kids today that are full-fledged observance of Tere Mitzvahs. So at the time, it didn't look like he could be successful, but the previous ever was successful. And similarly, by all those who <speaking> in <Hebrew> go in his path, Netzach Selavoyed forever, through the effort we place in this Abedah to strengthen the chinuch the education, Altarus in the pure and holy way, we'll definitely have Atzlacha, definitely have success to establish Tzibeis Hashem, the legions and forces of Hashem, which will soon leave the Gauls, leave the exile, this last and final exile, and go to the Ge'ulah Amidis to the complete redemption through Mashiach Ba'galidan, in our times. rein.